The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. An incredible 100-mile debut, an incredible ultra marathon debut. The place was Tunnel Hill 100 in Illinois. The time, 12 hours, 19 minutes, 57 seconds. And the guy was gunning for the American record, and he was like like 11 minutes off the American record on his debut. Everybody's talking about Taggart Van Etten, and Taggart is on this episode of The Adventure Jogger. Taggart, welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here and um, excited to get things rolling. So, okay, when we talked last time, you said things were so crazy since this massive, incredible 100 mile debut. You hadn't had a chance yet to have a beer. Yeah, no, I, I, I hadn't had alcohol for almost uh, for the better part of three weeks because um, after last weekend, everything was just spinning uh uh, spinning about a million miles an hour and i had i had an unbelievable amount of uh people uh unbelievable amount of people like reach out to me and all that and i was just doing everything i could to uh, get back in touch with everyone who who uh, took time to watch the race and to reach out to me afterwards and all that. okay you've been been busy and i said we'll we'll share a virtual beer when we record the adventure jogger (laughs) i have i have a guinness in front of me do you have your your beer with you taggart I do not. I have water. I oh. had. Trust me. Uh, trust me when I say on Saturday night I had plenty of beer for the both of us. So <laughs> it was. It was finally nice to celebrate. So, Taggart, do your friends call you Taggart or do they call you Tag? Um, kind of both. Uh, people have been calling me Tag since I was probably about four or five years old. So. Okay, it is about the coolest name I've ever heard. When you're when you name your child Taggart Van Etten. You know he's not going to do like something small. It's going to be a big life <laughs> for a guy named Taggart Van Etten. Taggart, um, let's kind of get started here. Life's been crazy. This is the second podcast you've been on. Mm-hmm. That's correct. How in the hell did the tertiary adventure jogger get you on so early into the into the process? I figured you'd been on everybody at this point. Well, um, well, um, honestly, Ryan, I'm recording a podcast every single night this week. So, uh, so, so, so you are just, you are Monday's podcast right okay. now. But. You're going to be an old pro by Friday. You're going to be like, oh man, I, I, I know how to do these podcast things perfectly. So Taggart, let's go ahead and, 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 and introduce the entire world. Well, not the entire world, like the couple thousand people listen to this thing, uh, to who Taggart Van Etten is. Taggart, your running story before Tunnel Hill, kind of give us that. Okay. Um, well, I started running when I was uh, 17 years old. I was a junior in high school. I was primarily a wrestler before then. Mm-hmm. Um, I got into running because I just kind of want to lose a little bit of weight for wrestling and all that. Um, went out for track my junior year. Um, I spent a summer chasing road 5Ks. Senior year, I ran cross country and track. Um then I went and ran at a very small junior college when I was a freshman. 
it was a complete disaster. I got injured and all this. I got injured from running actually very big mileage weeks, which yeah. was what I'm known for now, kind of. <laughs> and then um, I transferred my sophomore year to a different junior college where I got injured again. And I said, you know what? Screw this. I hate running. I'm going to go try triathlon. Yeah. And when I was 19, 20 years old, I started my um, eventually what I would call a triathlon career where after about three and a half, four years of grinding, I became um, an uh, quote elite age grouper in triathlon. Yeah. Um, um, every age grouper thinks they're every age grouper thinks they're elite. Triathlon, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But, um, but um, over the next four years, I spent about uh, 60% of my training sitting on a bike, um, 30% of my training in a pool, and then 10% of my training running. I was swimming up to 25 miles a week, about 35,000 yards. I was cycling, I was cycling up to 250 miles a week and only running about 20 miles a week. So, So, there's probably during that time in your life, you were wondering too, where's all my money? (laughs) Because triathlon (laughs) is not a cheap sport. Um, all my money was going towards either my bike or driving back and forth to the pool because the nearest pool was 45 minutes one way from my house. And that is no joke. Wow. What, at what point in your life did you go, Hmm, I've got a $10,000 bike. I, <laughs> I have no free time and people at work are not impressed when I tell them I'm an elite age grouper in triathlon. Maybe it's time to try something else. Oh, this is so funny that you're saying this because this just nails the whole triathlon scene on the head right now. This that that is just that is just triathlon right there. So, um, in the beginning of 2019, I ran a 115 marathon off of 17 miles a week. Um, you mean a 215? Running. Yes. Oh, because I, I was like, yeah. boy, Alude Kachoke would be like, "Holy shit, this Taggart Van Etten guy!" <laughs> no, 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 no. It was it was a one hour, fifteen minute half. Okay, one one fifteen um, half. Okay. Yeah. I spent basically a summer racing half Ironmans where I was running between 115, 118 off the bike, uh, pretty respectively for an age grouper. Yeah. And then finally, I ended my triathlon season with the Indianapolis Marathon last fall, where I ran 237 from running 22 miles a week. And 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 then I took some downtime and I thought, you know what, I'm gonna chase after an OTQ. Uh, I decided to leave triathlon with the hopes of a spring and a fall marathon in 2020. And it didn't happen, but I, I, I'm kind of glad it didn't. So, okay. So, so the transition that you, you do really good in these half marathons with very little training, but I mean, it's not like you were, you know, eating donuts and sitting on your ass and running 20 miles a week and then being like, eh, it was, yeah. it was a lot of triathlon, a lot of uh, mm-hmm. cross oh, training and, yes. and you were in oh, for really sure. good shape. Let's just put yeah. that out there. The Taggart was was triathlon training, not just running 20 miles a week and saying that seems about enough exercise yeah. anybody would need. Yeah. Um, I'd say, I'd say my average weeks in triathlon were around the 21 to 22 hour mark. It was a lot, like I said, a lot of cycling, uh, cycling seven days a week, swimming seven days a week, and then running three days a week. So have you traded in your bike for a car? Has it gotten to that <laughs> point yet? Um, no, but, uh, but, but, uh, when I sold my bike, it was an, uh, it was a very nice payday that I, that I got. So it was a very nice payday. It's like, Ooh, triathlon bike, Toyota Corolla, you know? It's, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. So, so did you, did you decide at that point, like running's my thing? I kind of like this more and maybe triathlons are, are I'm kind of done with them. Is that where you're at? 
Um, pretty much when I set out, um, I knew it would take me about four years to drop from a 237 to a 219 in the marathon um, to get that OTQ. And then, I don't know, I kind of had thoughts about going back and trying to chase Kona as a pro and all that, but um, I, I don't plan on ever swimming, cycling, and running ever again. So <laughs> um, I'm all in for the run scene for the rest of my life. What was the turning point? What made you decide that the bike's gone. I'm th- I'm getting rid of my little onesie that I wear on the bike and in the pool. What what was what was the turning point? Um, it was kind of it's kind of like what you joked about. I was tired of constantly putting every dollar I owned into my bike mm-hmm. and just like spending all of my cash on triathlon. And um, on my last race, I had a malfunction the day before the race, and then I had a malfunction during. Uh, where like I even had to jump off my bike and put the chain on and I was just so pissed at the end and I was just like I'm just tired of going this pool jumping in this wet pool every day I just want to run I said it makes me happy I can do it a lot and I'm okay at doing it so it was just kind of it was kind of a combination of things just kind it it was it was both uh frustration with the sport and uh, my love for running so okay now when you signed up for your first running race did you look at the entry fee and say, guys, someone screwed this up. This should be like $900. It's only $45. Obviously, someone screwed this up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't believe that either. I'm used to paying 400. I, I'm used to paying for a half Ironman three, uh, $450 for entry fees. So coming down, coming down to that below $100 mark for an actual big city marathon like Indianapolis, I think it cost me like 72 bucks. Yeah. was was phenomenal so oh yeah and the shoes i mean really all you need is shoes a pair of shorts and and like a 40 dollar entry fee and you're you're doing mm-hmm. pretty good in most yeah most races mm-hmm. for sure yeah it's, it's pretty reasonable sport honestly i think any i think anyone and everyone should invest into buying some running shoes so it's gonna be your thing it's like you're gonna you see people on the street, like, "Hey, get get some shoes." It's it's my deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do a couple of of marathons before you discover the ultra world. Is that how it went down? I did one marathon. That was Indianapolis last year. That's it. Um, yeah. Um, um, I ran a spring marathon in St. Louis that I ran it in an hour and ten minutes, which was really nice. As my what was going to be my spring marathon tune up for five weeks later, but because of coronavirus, it was canceled. So, so Taggart. I was kind of expecting, and I did some prep, I was kind of expecting you to say like, well, you know, I did marathon running for, you know, three or four years, and yeah, I'd qualified for Boston a couple times, and and then, you know, I, I found this book at the library called Ultra Marathon Man, and then I didn't know that this was such a fast transition from triathlete who was tired that your $10,000 bike had a chain problem twice <laughs> to run a half, run a run a marathon and then jump into the ultra marathon world. When did you discover ultra marathon running and when did this plan hatch to to make this incredible debut? So, um after my spring marathon got canceled, I went back into like a more like a aerobic based training phase and um during this time in spring early summer, I was getting in a lot of consistent 120, 130 mile weeks. Mm-hmm. And then um, I started actually a 20-week build for my eventual uh, 2020, what should have been fall Indianapolis. And I got off the track one day and I saw the, the, the email that it was going to be canceled. 
Yeah. I thought, well, shit, what the hell am I going to do now? I got all this fitness. Yeah. And, and I started doing some research and I started getting a little crazy. And, and uh, before Tunnel Hill, I actually discovered um, the uh, Henny Pin 100, okay. which, I, which I had signed up for. But then that got the boot uh, the, probably the middle of July. And that's when I signed up for Tunnel Hill. Um, I kind of just signed up for it, just wanting to just to like complete it and get my hundred miles in and, and just never do it again. Yeah. So I, I had no intentions all year until, um, late July, early August run to run a hundred. So, uh, Taggart, most people, when they decide to run a hundred, they go like, eh, if I finish in under a day, I think that's pretty good. I'm okay with <laughs> finishing in 24 hours or less. That's, that's kind of cool. When did you go, uh, oh, wait a minute. The American 100-mile record is 12 hours and 8 minutes? Oh, shit, I can do that. What, did that how did that all go down? So um, I started stringing together some really good weeks, uh, 170 to 180 miles. Mm-hmm. Um, the first weekend in September, I ran a double marathon where I split a self-supported time trial in 553. And then um, I started getting into some 200-mile weeks. And the... Uh, and the plan of 13 hours dropped uh, 1245 and the plan of 1245 dropped to 1230 and the plan of 1230 dropped to 1215, which eventually dropped to 1207. And um, I was running the absolute best mileage I had ever thought I could in my life. And then finally, two weeks before the um, two weeks before Tunnel Hill, I split a, a 50 mile run in six hours on Saturday. Then Sunday I came back and I ran a three hour marathon and I thought, <laughs> and I thought, and I thought, I'm going to run this fucking American record in two weeks. I thought that, I thought that was it. So and did, did anybody stop you, Taggart, and go like, whoa, whoa, pump the brakes, Prefontaine. Uh, <laughs> let's let's no, hop on the no. cart before the horse. No, um, no, uh, 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 nobody really did. I didn't really tell many people except for, except for my close friends and family that I planned on going for the American record. Um, um, I thought about posting it publicly, but then, but then a couple of my buddies were like, eh, you probably shouldn't do that on your first ultra because yeah. what if you blow up? What if you blow up? And yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, you're right. You're there, right. That's a recipe for disaster Taggart. You would have posted on your Facebook page, you know, like, Hey, never done one of these before, but I'm smoking that American record. People have been like, who the fuck is this Taggart Van Etten guy? <laughs> exactly. And what, the, what in the heck? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, uh, but, um, I got done with that week and I think, I think it was a 209 mile week. I ran my 26 mile at all my 209 miles in seven days. And then I started my taper 14 days out on Monday and every day leading it, leading into tunnel Hill. I just felt every day I was running faster. Uh, I was running faster. I felt fresher and it was just the most unbelievable feeling of fatigue just going like this like raising up like it's just, it was just it was just dissolving the fatigue was on me really wow yeah it was, it was awesome man and so so you this wasn't a pipe dream you really no, the, felt that you were in the shape mm. to be able to take the american record on your first time oh i i i fully believe that yeah yeah it was two weeks out i I had no doubt in my mind that I was going to run 1207, if not even split a little faster than that. So I had all the, I had the fitness and the conf, I had the fitness and the confidence and I tried to stay within myself and be humble about it. And, and I just want to go out there 
And um, even if I blew up trying, which I kind of did, but um, I didn't want any regrets crossing that finish line. So oh, yeah, 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 have- Tiger. You totally blew up with a 1219. <laughs> Well, um, it's kind of a it's kind of a funny story why I ran twelve nineteen. Um, eight miles into the run, my GPS watch went out and I couldn't see uh, my distance or my pace for the next eleven hours. Um, the only time when I knew where I was at in the race was when I came up my buddies on an aid station, and they told me I was at this amount of miles and I was running this pace. So um, it was it was kind of funny, but. Um, if things would have worked out differently, I'm not for sure if I would have ran 1207, but I think I probably could have ran between 1210 and 1212 that day. Um, who knows? It's a coulda, woulda, shoulda story, you know, but I am a 1219 guy. So, uh, yeah, not many people can say that tagger. There's not a, the, the 1219 <laughs> club is not very packed. You know, there's, there's only a handful of you, you know, you could all probably get together for a Christmas party and still be within <laughs> COVID restrictions. Like you could maintain good, proper social distancing. Do you want to uh, tell everybody what brand of watch you were wearing that went out eight miles in? Um, no, thank you. I, I think <laughs> I, I, I think, I think I'll keep that secret to myself and my friends and my family. Cause you don't watch. know, cause you don't know if there's going to be a sponsorship opportunity in your email box. Yeah, um, sure. Did you sure. not, did you not charge it the night before? I, it, I charged it. Um, I've owned this watch. I bought it brand new in June because, uh, because it can store a lot of music on it. And, Oh, uh, you didn't need to tell it, me. And it just didn't, didn't work out for me, but Hey, I was able to run off a of feel and who knows, who knows, maybe in the future, I just won't race with a watch. So maybe, maybe, well, that's not Taggart with that attitude. You're not going to get a watch sponsorship. <laughs> I'm just throwing, I'm just throwing that out there. Okay. You know, if you want to, you want to take that, that line back and go like, I can't imagine life ever without running for a, <laughs> running with a watch. I'm just looking for something that can last a little longer. I'm looking for something that can keep that can keep my satellite for 12 hours to where next time I don't come through 50 miles in 549 like I did in this race. All right. So okay. So so basically, your inbox when this comes out is going to ding, ding, ding. You're going to have uh, an email from Dan Garman asking <laughs> to join the Garman team. Randy Sunto is going to want you to. <laughs> throw- I can only hope. <laughs> Tiger wants some free stuff, man. So so tell us a little bit about the race. Uh, Tunnel Hill. You, you gave us a little bit about, okay, so eight miles in, your GPS watch goes. What happened during the rest of the race? Uh, during the rest of the race, um, my pit crew there, uh, my pit crew consisted of my mm-hmm. three best friends, and I felt like it was our race. It wasn't just my race. It was the four of us. Right, because, right. Because uh, without those three guys, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been able to run 12-19 that day. Yeah. Um, the whole race went very smooth. The The uh, weather started out as upper 30s and ended in the mid 50s, which was just which was just like phenomenal uh, running weather. Oh, yeah. You can't um, ask for better running weather than that. That's like if you could pick the perfect day, right? Partly cloudy mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah, it was it was a seven. It was a seven mile an hour winds. Yeah, perfect. Uh, uh, basically perfect winds just to uh, keep the sweat off you. Mm-hmm. Um, it sprinkled here and there a little bit, but not much. Uh, uh, pretty much the trail was dry up until probably around them somewhere in the mid eighties for miles. Uh, when it rained kind of hard for a few miles, but other than that, it was dry the whole day. I didn't have to worry about slipping or, or, uh, or, or slicking and sliding anywhere. So, um, I was just very impressed with how Steve Durbin did with the race and just how 
and just how the uh, race like laid out and with the uh, volunteers there and everything, everyone was great down there in uh, Vienna, Illinois. I'm, I'm, I was very impressed with the whole race. Oh, Steve Durbin's Steve Durbin's a pro. I mean, there's, he's awesome. He's one of the top race directors in the country. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say definitely top three race directors Mm -hmm. in the country. Um, I, were you going too fast to hear all the people that you were running past that were saying, who the fuck is this guy? Or did you hear any of that? Um, um, I'm kind of in the beginning miles. I was with a group of about four or five guys and, uh, and uh, the group of us were talking about our goals for the day. And like, everyone looked at me and I said, I can't even run 1207. <laughs> and, and the group kind of went silent and I kind of felt weird because, <laughs> because, because I didn't want to rub them the wrong way. But I mean, I was there to run 1207, you know, like I was just being honest with them. So you're in a pack with, with these guys up front. Mm-hmm. And then you're all just kind of, you know, you're, you're breaking up the monotony of those early miles and mm-hmm. talking about, oh, what's everybody's plan for today? And they're like, I'm running 14.52. I'm going to run a 13 and a half. I'm going to run a 15.20. And you're like, I'm running a 12.07. I can only imagine the looks that you got from yeah. the, the other runners in that pack. Like, who the heck does this guy think he is? Yeah, but uh, yeah, but uh, they were all very supportive. They just told me, you know, hey, go for it. Um, um, uh, there was one guy in the group who actually knew that I was going after twelve oh seven, and um, all those guys were just like, "If we might as well try it." So that's what I did. So <laughs> did you tell them when they when they asked, "Hey, how many ultras have you done before?" Did you lie and say, "Oh, a whole bunch. I've I've done them all," <laughs> or did or did you let them know like this is my first try? I ba- yeah so yeah that's why I told him I was being honest I said yeah this is my first ultra um, well technically in training I was running at least thirty miles uh, for and I was running at least thirty miles of not an average of forty to fifty mile long runs every single weekend so I mean I mean I technically run the ultra distance but I never race an ultra okay so. okay I got you because I, I mm-hmm. you know my experience in the in the middle or back of the pack when you would tell somebody oh this is my first one you will get the next seven hours of tips on how to do it correctly. And it seems <laughs> yeah. like where you yeah. were at up front, eh, mm. there's none of that going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, some people try to give me some advice and some tips over stuff, but I mean, uh, but I mean, I was there a man with a plan that had a crew and, and uh, coming from a triathlon background, I knew what nutrition, you know, how many grams of carbohydrates I needed salt, um, like electrolytes and all that. So thankfully, uh, my triathlon days did pay in well into that. I wasn't a marathoner coming over trying to take in, uh, goo gels for the first time, you know, you right. know, I've been used to this. So, okay. So that was part of my success that day was years of triathlon training. So, okay. Did, tell me the, your, your, your thoughts and impressions on the ultra marathon world versus the triathlon world. So, um, from what I gathered after the race, I'd say, um, ultra marathon is kind of more of a closer knit, uh, place than a triathlon. Um, I'm not saying that everyone in triathlon is out for like a cutthroat performance, but you know, at the end of the day, um, some guys do shake hands, some guys don't shake hands in triathlon and, um, in ultra marathon, I felt like it was more it was way more of a family base than triathlon was and, yeah. and triathlon was way more, what was way more of a family base than, um, uh, than like competitive road running is. So it's definitely, uh, definitely a group where, you know, there are less people. So, uh, they are used to seeing each other more often and they are seem to be friendlier. 
And it's kind yeah, of a, it's, it's a chiller environment, it seems. Yeah. I, I don't mm. know up front where you're at, Taggart. I don't <laughs> <laughs> but it's a rather chiller environment. Mm-hmm. It is. It is very chill. Very chill and very relaxed people there. So Now, at triathlons, do they have the food at aid stations that you saw at the Ultra? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think they had like actual food, food like meat wraps and like sandwiches and all that, except for except for maybe at Iron Man. But um, but um, I never did an Iron Man. Uh, but for the most part, as far as comparing to like a seventy point three, it was it was pretty similar. So, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Did you did you try any wacky foods, or were you pretty stuck on like, listen, I'm going for twelve oh seven. I ain't got no time for for Fruit Loops and. And uh, grilled cheese sandwiches. I'm sticking to what I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I brought I brought all my nutrition to the race with my crew. So it's funny. It's funny. I spent three hundred sixty dollars center in the race, and I didn't take a single uh, piece of food or like or or like it. Or, or like any water bottle from it. So, oh, but, ta- Taggart, you should have you could have got three hundred and sixty dollars worth of food out of the deal. I know. I I just I just couldn't trust it, and um. And, um, in the 16 week build in the tunnel hill, I knew what worked for me and what wouldn't work. So I had to trust, I had to trust the nutrition that I use. So, okay. When did you, during the race kind of feel that, you know, you, you were going to do well, but when did you know, like the American record was no longer in play? Um, I came through mile 90 and I looked at my friends and, um, and, um, they all said, they all said, you got to cook. And I was like, Okay, well, this is this is the time for the negative split. This is it, you know. So mile ninety uh, at, th- at this point, mile ninety. Are you still kind of on pace to do the uh, the the twelve oh eight, the twelve the twelve oh seven that you wanted? Yes, um, yes. On uh, mile ninety, I think I was barely off pace by like a minute or two. But uh, I mean, but I mean, I trained the last sixteen weeks to run this last ten miles, yeah. and uh, whatever pace was required for me to run, I was prepared to collapse at the finish line, you know. But um, unfortunately, when I came up on the last aid station at mile approximately, I think it's 97.3, um, I looked down at my watch and I looked at the and I looked at the volunteers and there was a guy there who had been following my race all day. Yeah. And um, him and I kind of made eye contact and he told me, he said, he said, kid, he said, you have nothing else left to prove today. He, he just told me to jog it in. And, um, and um, I didn't really give up on myself. It's just... I kind of knew deep down inside that I couldn't run the last three miles in 16 minutes yeah. to, uh, to run 12.07. So I just, I just tried to enjoy the last few and jog it in. And then um, one of my best friends and one of my crew members, Cole, came in the last half mile with me. And it was – sorry, I'm kind of getting a little emotional No, that's okay. This, but, that's all right. But, <laughs> no, get sorry. emotional. That's cool. So, so uh, yeah, it was, it, was very, it was very bittersweet, you know. It was I, – I didn't – you know, I, I had went out with the plan and, um, when I got through the finish line, it was just, it was the most, like, it was the most, uh, it was the most like self-fulfilling thing that I've ever done before in my life. And I got through and I couldn't believe that I'd run a hundred miles, let alone in 12 hours, and 19 minutes, you know, I'm just unbelievably grateful that my, I, that my body could handle that that day. So, well, yeah, I mean, and you can't, I mean, if you were to be like, I was pissed, I threw I, I threw stuff down. I went to Steve Durbin and I said, "I hate this race," and I kicked the tent over because you really. I mean, you made a big goal. That was mm-hmm. a go big, go home moment, right? That was mm-hmm. a let's just that was Babe Ruth calling his shot, right? Yeah. And so, if you would have done it, 
I mean, my God, right? But mm-hmm. no one was expecting you to be able to pull that off. Yeah. But looking at at a, at a twelve nineteen for a debut, I mean, that's you have to look at that and go, okay, nobody's done that before. If I mm-hmm. could do twelve nineteen on my first time around, there's probably some things you've learned in there. And, and I learned I learned so much on that race day that I will take for uh, 2021 for every single ultra I run next year. I, I, I learned more about myself and the racing and just going along that day than anything in training ever taught me. I'll tell you that. What were some of those lessons that you learned, Taggart? Next year, um, I need to be more specific on my nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to really dial that in, just kind of figure out, you know, um, I think I can take nutrition. Um, I think I can take a gel or a goo or anything every two and a half to three miles rather than every four miles because uh, because in the later stages of the race, I found out I could handle taking it more. Yeah. Um, I think as far as like um, salt and electrolytes go, I should be taking more next year because uh, because I was experiencing some cramps later in the race. Yeah. That um, I didn't take any of the first 50 miles and that was a mistake on my part. Um, and I need a watch that can hold uh, a GPS satellite the whole time to, to, uh, to uh, tell me to not be running six forty minute per mile pace when I should be running seven twenty minute per mile pace. So it wasn't an Apple not, watch. Was it Taggart? Cause you know, you're not going to get that kind of time out of an Apple watch. Oh fuck. No, it wasn't an Apple watch. No, 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 it wasn't an Apple watch. I'll tell you that. No. <laughs> you sent an email to Tim Cook eight miles. <laughs> What sort of crap is, is yeah, this? No, no. <laughs> nope, it wasn't it was not an Apple Watch. Nope. <laughs> so are you are you committed now? Are you in the ultra world? Are you Taggart Van Etten ultra runner? I'm Taggart Van Etten, the guy who's gonna run under twelve hours next year at Tunnel Hill. Under you're gonna go under twelve? Um that that's the plan, that's the goal. I want I I've I've said this, I want every ultra marathon across the US come to Tunnel Hill next year. So you're throwing down. You're like saying, okay, okay, speedsters. Yeah. Taggart's calling you out. Yeah, I want I want anyone who's fast for the flats to come show me up at Tunnel Hill. So I, I, I just want to race strictly the best guys next year. Wow. That's another bold move. You're just on you're just on a quest of bold <laughs> calls. But between now and then though, do you have any goals or, or plans or anything you want to do? Um, um, I've been kind of uh, penciling in some things. Uh, when I say penciling, uh, these races could be erased. These races could be moved. So yeah. um, right now, my plan is to go to the U.S. 100K World Championships. Uh, U.S. National. Wow, it's not a it's not a World Championship. It's for U.S. Right, right. It's, yeah. it's, yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Mad City and run the U.S. Uh, 100K there. Um, if they have six days in a dome, I'd like to run the 100 up there in June. Uh, probably run the Henny Pen 50. Um, and then finish things off at Tunnel Hill. So I'd like to include probably two smaller races in like uh, February, March, and August. But um, I'll I'll get those figured out eventually. But as of right now, that's kind of the quote. I'm moving my fingers. Unofficial quote like plan for next year. So <laughs> yeah, they see unofficial. Don't hold them to it, people. Listen, yeah. the, the Taggart fan club. If you show up at any one of those races, don't be upset if he's not there. Because he just said yeah, it's kind exactly. of that's kind of a plan that he has uh, throwing mm-hmm. it out there. This is really really interesting stuff, and what an amazing debut! What has been thank you the most surreal moment after finishing Tunnel Hill? 
um, the most surreal moment, um, uh, I probably had, um, well, uh, during the race, I looked at one of my friends uh, and he said that I had hundreds of people watching me and I looked at him and I said, there's no fucking way hundreds of people are watching Facebook live at this race. I said, there's no way in this world. And, um, probably the most biggest thing afterwards was like people who have been like in and out of my life, you know, just kind of following my journey here or there, just the unbelievable amount of people who have reached out to me, either texted me, messaged me, called me over this race. Um, I just had, I just had, I've just had a great support from everyone, uh, everyone who I'm friends with, to say something to me afterwards or like, or just congratulate me because you know, this was, this was like a dream come true for me. It was so. Has there been any, any companies reaching out to you being like, Hey, uh, Hey, listen, Taggart, we got some, uh, we need to talk to you about joining our hammer nutrition team. Have you had any of that yet? I've had, I've had a few that I'm in talks with. Um, I, I, I don't want to say who, but I've, I've had a few, thankfully. So I'm very grateful to have that opportunity as a young guy who's new, who's in a new sport. So, but I've had a few. That's gotta be pretty interesting when you get, you check out that email box and you know, you all of a sudden you got some big names asking you about some possible opportunities. That's got to be pretty darn cool. It, it It is very cool. And I'm grateful and thankful that I've, like I said, that I'm getting the opportunity for that. So, all right. That's a big shot. You called Taggart impressive. I look forward to seeing what you do in the future. We could have a, a brand new star from Illinois. Most ultra running superstars are not from Illinois. You got Corey awesome Wolterine. Who's yes. a big who's a big Illinois superstar, but you and Corey might be the the Midwest speedsters <laughs> uh throwing it down. Mm-hmm. I've I've actually never met Corey um until this week. I finally uh, uh uh somebody in Peoria told me to look up who he was. And so him and I are Facebook friends now. Hopefully him and I will get some runs together uh in the coming future. So Well, yeah, you're you're now the running pride of Illinois. I mean, you, you have to, you have to know Corey Walter. I mean, it's Corey and Taggart. It's going to yeah. be, it's going to be the, the, the yeah. dream team. Taggart, impressive, man. Thank you for joining me and sharing your story on the Adventure yeah. Jogger. Oh, uh, thank you so much for having me, Ryan. I, I was glad to be here and glad to talk about my race and, um, and, um, I'd love to be back. So we'll have you on another time when you call one of the other, when you run under 12. And, sounds and, good. I, uh, uh, sounds good. I'll be here in 12 months then. So. <laughs> All right, we're gonna pencil it in. Are we penciling it in, Taggart? Yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna run under 12 hours next year. I don't care. I don't care if anyone beats me, but I'm gonna go there and I'm gonna run under 12. Hopefully, as long as I put in the good training, the the nutrition, and the sleep. All I right, everybody, tune in uh, next uh, late November next year for for Taggart breaking down his sub 12 hour 100 miler. Taggart Van Etten of uh, Morton, Illinois. Thanks for joining me, man. Thanks for having me, Ryan. I appreciate it. We are 100% listener supported. You can make a monthly pledge on our Patreon page. Just search The Adventure Jogger on Patreon or go to theadventurejogger.com. Join the community on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Adventure Jogger. And subscribe to The Adventure Jogger wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. 